The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. bleed green are you an ultimate eagles football fan well you're in the right place well you're in the right place this is birds 365 hosted by the new mac and mac jody mcdonald and john mcmullen here we go here we go who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. Morning, bird fans. We put Halloween in the rearview mirror, the first half of the season as well, and the trade deadline. And Johnny Mac, I got to tell you, even though the Eagles didn't do anything yesterday at the trade deadline, Howie Roseman, not mad at you. Uh, I'm sure that he made many a call and had some conversations. But if there wasn't a deal on the table that he believed made the Eagles better, short term and didn't hurt them in the long term he didn't pull the trigger on it i'm not all that upset i was on wip last night took a couple calls oh how are you supposed to be the biggest trader you get on his case because he's not making deals i didn't buy it um he made yeah. his big deal prior to and getting kevin bayard and even though some pretty good names did jump around the national football league can we play the commanders now that they don't have their two defensive yeah, the sp- Eagles, pass rushing uh, specialists? The Eagles, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I joked before we came on uh, talking to Xander. I'm like, how he's got to get his timing better. You know, if you get Kevin Byard on the deadline, everybody's thrilled. Oh, you know, but it, it comes a little bit earlier. And by the way, you get the startup costs at least. Uh, out of the way a little bit he's already on the field um that's their splash and that's yep. a pretty big slot the splash uh, you know because it didn't happen on the day you wanted to happen to doesn't mean it didn't happen or to some people evidently it does but yeah i mean look uh, they a lot of these rumors are 
bull you know what to begin with but and and their agent driven and and all that kind of stuff then there's spits. i mean the eagles don't need defensive front people and the biggest names to go were defensive front people so uh you know i but i i get the people uh i got uh, there was an ed there was a weird edge rusher rumor about the eagles late in, in the process and i'm like what what where's what I mean, they may, if anything, they got to find more snaps for Nolan Smith, who they tri- drafted in the first round, I believe, Jody. Oh, I yes. Check my notes. That's a first round pick. They're not going to give up on him and bring in Chase Young um, after eight games. I mean, that's not how this works. A lot of it is just. Goofy. Now, the one player I think there was some legitimate interest in, but again, it was more agent driven than anything else. And that's Jalen Johnson in Chicago. Uh, he's a very good young corner. And that was just about talent. But again, how he wants a deal. And, you know, they wanted a second round pick. And the Eagles only, the Eagles have two second round picks. Uh, um, they have their own pick. And remember, their their second-round pick isn't as good as, say, uh, uh, Chicago's second-round pick to get Montez Sweat. That's essentially a bridge first-round pick. That might be the 33rd pick in the draft. The Eagles' second-round pick might be 64. There's a big difference. So their second-round pick, number one, isn't as valuable as, as typically other people. Now, they have the Saints pick as well because Mickey Loomis is Mickey Loomis. Um, but they don't want to give up a second-round pick. And then you start talking about third-round picks, same thing, their pick. And they don't even have a third. They have a compensatory third-round pick coming, but you can't trade that. You can't so, trade it because they don't officially yeah. have it yet. So it, it, it just wasn't a fit, and obviously, you know, uh, and 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 you move on. You turn the page, and you know Buffalo probably had the most interest, and they and they had to turn the page because they didn't want to give up a second round pick, and and they went after Rasul Douglas, their old buddy, uh, and they got him. So, um, yeah, I, I was going to ask you about Rasul Douglas. Rasul Douglas is a much improved player from the time he was here in Philadelphia. I remember watching Rasul in Green, and he was a boomer bust type player. He would make good plays. He would. Uh, he's a guy who could get you an INT every once in a while, which has not been a strength of this Eagle team this year. They have, don't have very many INTs, and uh, the one that uh, they got this week was kind of a gift. As great a game as Sam Howell played, he just airmailed that ball and threw it right to Reed Blankage. It was like Reed made some great athletic plan, and he kind of threw it right to him. So that has been one thing that has been lacking is uh, they haven't gotten the other team to turn the ball over. They don't have guys to get INTs. Russell Douglas was that even when he was here in Philadelphia. Now it would be balanced by the fact that he'd bite on a double move and get burned for touchdowns. And uh, everyone would remember those plays and forget his INTs. But he's a pretty good player, has been since he left here in Philadelphia. They gave up a third-round pick to get him, but they got Rasul in a fifth back. So it's not really a third. It's the difference between a third and fifth uh, for Rasul Douglas. You don't think he would have been a fit with the Eagles? Or do you think the price was too high? 
Well, they got, I think they gave up, yeah, they gave up a fifth and got back a third. Um, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a little bit too high. I, you know, we're so remember he had great number, even here, he had really good ball skills. He just, you yeah, know, had natural nose for the football, but it took him a while when he left Philadelphia. I mean, he was, he was with a bunch of teams, a bunch of teams. I'd have to look up how many teams before he landed in Green Bay, and they sort of uh, got him going in the right direction again. Um, and, you know, interesting, they put him in the slot. So, it's you know, maybe more people are um, looking at bigger bodies in the slot because I know Green Bay used them there quite a bit. Um and if there's one position the Eagles have been like searching for an answer more than any other from the time their slot corner got hurt very early in the season, it's been the slot, Johnny Mack. And yeah, that's where Russell Douglas. Yeah, played. but I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's a slot corner. I still don't think he's a slot corner. Um, and the Eagles got a bunch of guys like that that they can throw in the slot, and they have been throwing in the slot, bigger body guys. Um, so yeah, I and they have Bradley Roby coming. I think everybody forgets that Bradley Roby's here, and he didn't put him on injured reserve, so he's going to be back. And we'll see. We'll get they're having a walk through today. We'll get the estimation. Yeah, he's missed two in a row, right? Yeah. So, so if he doesn't think, play again this week, it'll be a question as to whether they should have put him on. Here. Yeah, exactly. So my guess is he's going to be back at practice somewhat. We'll see how how the week progresses. Um, unless they screwed up the diagnosis and they don't want to do that. But uh, he's going to be back either way, whether it's this week, next week, even if it does take four games, he's going to be back. And ultimately he's going to be the slot corner. And I think everybody forgets he's here because he was here for such a short period of time. And I think he's more of a natural slot corner. And they think he has something left. We'll see if they're right or they're wrong. But I do think, you saw it in Los Angeles for a very brief period. And remember, that was his first game off the street against pretty good slot receiver. And he settled things down a, a little bit. Wasn't perfect, but he he settled things down. And I think he'll do the same thing when he, when he comes back. He knows how to play. Um, probably not as you know, athletic as he once was, but the Eagles play a ton of zone coverage. So you can kind of mask that a little bit. Um, and I think ultimately when he gets back out there, they'll be, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. But the question is, you know, the guys stay healthy, but that's every, that's every team. Right. I mean, that's what I got with the chase young stuff. I got, it's like Reddick and, and sweat. I got this criticism of the Eagles. Reddick and Sweat are playing too many snaps. Um, I, I, it's just not how it works. Do you think Chase Young, the first thing, and by the way, this isn't fair. Uh, Washington threw him under the bus as soon as they trade him. Uh, he's freelancing. He's undisciplined. He doesn't do what he's told. Maybe some of that's true. Maybe some of it isn't true. But, you know, that always gives me uh, a sour taste when people do that after they trade somebody. Um Either way, you really think he's going to be happy getting 20 snaps uh, a game? I, I just, People, you know, Josh McDaniels got fired uh, last night for people waking up and don't know, and Dave Ziegler got fired. 
which is kind of meaningless middle of the season, but he's a disaster as he was the first time. The most important part of all of this is managing people, coaching, managing people. More than X's and O's, I say it all the time. If you're hiring, I'm not the first one. I'm the 97th one, 9 million and 71 around this league. If you're hiring a scheme, you're doing it wrong. You can't just plug the 53. How many times have I said that, Jody? You can't just get the 53 best players and say, oh, Chase Young is better than Brandon Graham at this stage of his career. Go get Chase Young. Go get Chase Young. You could do that in Madden. Can't do that in the NFL. So is Chase Young better than Brandon Graham at this point? Yes. Is Montez Sweat better than Brandon Graham at this point? Yes. Do you want to give up uh, a first-round pick for Montez Sweat? Because guess what? Your second-round pick ain't, ain't as good as Chicago's. So you got to go above that. Right. Uh, with Chase Young, you don't even have a third round pick. And even if you did, it, it, it wouldn't, you're, you'll eventually get one with the comp pick, but you can't use it right now. So what are you going to do? You're going to go up to the second round and give them a second round pick? I mean, come on. Yeah, I didn't think there was any chance they were making a trade for a defensive end. Two big ones moved. Um, yeah, we won't have to face them this year, but they were already done with the commanders. That's just one of those courts. Well, they got to face, uh, they got to face Chase Young uh, again. Uh, so the right because San Francisco's yet to come, but that's out of that's our out of Howie Roseman's hands. There's nothing he can do about that. Uh, and the Eagle coaching staff, of course. Yeah, now the only positions that I thought the Eagles may be able to get some done would be linebacker where they almost never put assets in. I thought the Zaire Franklin rumor that I heard yesterday was interesting because a former Philly guy had gotten to the scuffle with the Eagle players back in the camp. You were there that day. Um, a good aggressive player who I thought could have upgraded the linebackers. Don't know what the asking price was. He didn't get dealt anyway. He had signed a contract extension for only three years and 10 million bucks. So that fits Steagle mode. Don't want to overpay linebackers. And he was a reasonably priced linebacker. I thought that was a chance. And I thought the uh, slack corner was a chance. They didn't get him. They, if they talked and they didn't get the job done, I don't think it's reason for panic. I don't think it's reason to hold Howie Roseman accountable because how does he not come away with one of the, it wasn't that great an upgrade. Like I would like to see Russell Douglas come back. I'm of the mindset. Hey, if he's been doing it good again, uh, this is just uh, maybe I'm different than you and different than others. I don't give a flying fart what your what it says when they measure you out. If you're five foot ten or if you're six foot one, if you can play the position, you can play the position. I'm not going to not acquire you and not believe that you can't play it because oh my god, he's six foot one. You can't have a six foot one guy playing corner. Yeah, you can if you can play it. And Rasul Douglas has proven to me the last couple of years he can flat out play it. So if they've been able to get uh, Rasul Douglas and bring him back, I, I know that uh, they liked Roby. How many snaps did Roby play in the Rams game? Like 40? <clears throat> not even? No, no. He didn't play no. half a game. 20, yeah. So you're hanging your hat on the fact that, hey, he looked real good for 20-some-odd snaps before, shockingly, a guy who's had an injury history got injured, missed two games. Eh, that's a little thin ice that they're walking on. Now, hopefully it doesn't go out from underneath them. 
But those are the only two places. Anybody else who, oh, how do you not get a star player who gets available? Because you're right, John. He doesn't fit here. It doesn't mean he's not a great player. It doesn't mean he's not going to go somewhere else and be really good. He, he wasn't going to come in here and be happy with his role, and they weren't going to be able to give him what he wanted to. So, yeah, please let the star chasing uh, Howie Roseman didn't get the job done line of thinking without putting it in the proper context of adding him to the present day Philadelphia Eagles. Don't don't go down that road because it's just going to make you look stupid. Yeah, I, I, well, you're right. Well, the star, obviously, you're 100% right on that. But even role players like Zaire Franklin, I'll use him as an example. The, the Philly stories are great, especially when it works. And, you know, Hassan Reddick, it works. And the St. Joe's prep guys, and it's working with Swift. And it's always an extra little punctuation. Oh, he's coming home. And, Kevin but, Bayard. You know, we're, we're only one week from Oh, yeah, Bayard. We, I forget, we bring back yeah, Philly guy, Kevin Bayard. Kevin, Kevin as well. We'll see how that works out. But, you know, what they need is a coverage linebacker. And Zaire is not a coverage linebacker. He's a downhill linebacker. He's a really good one. They already got one of those. If you look at the Washington game, Nicobe Dean was was great against the run. Was great. And he was awful in pass coverage. And we, and we need to get somewhere in between there. Just be really good against the run and, and good in pass coverage. I think that's what they need. They need a pass coverage linebacker. And that's not Zaire Franklin. Um, Russell Douglas, they already got 6-2 slot corners. They're... You know, they love Eli Ricks. John, what is what is the difference? If a guy can play the position, has Russell Douglas in the last two years not proven that he can play in the slot? Why do you think that you would evaluate him differently because he's six foot two rather than five foot eleven? Well, it's not me evaluating him, it's the NFL. The well, no, NFL... You just said it, so I'm assuming it's your evaluation. Well, yeah, I don't think long term, um, Six foot two guys are good in the slot. I said the same thing with Bradbury. I mean, they could stick Bradbury in the slot and get Jalen Johnson and and do it that way. So you I don't think, think that they? You think and the Bradbury's a much there the better last player? Two years when he's been productive and played well for him was actually a mistake. There is short area quickness issues with long and lengthy guys, which is the reason the NFL does business the way they do business because so many of the slot receivers. And and Cooper Cups at the top, but he's not the only one. There's far more slot receivers that are 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 option route guys that are short, that are quick, the Julian Edelman types, the Wes Welker types, the Cooper Cup types. Those are the guys that dominate in the slot. And big long guys, they're made to deal with the Mike Evanses of the world, not those guys. And when you hit those guys. Now, also, Green Bay, I think a lot of people don't realize, everybody doesn't use the same scheme. So Green Bay, when they threw them in there, and they threw them in there out of desperation to begin with, they they modified their scheme to, 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 to sort of mask some of those deficiencies a big, long corner has. He's done a nice job. I'm not saying he's done a nice job. I'm saying, long-term, the Eagles don't want that in the slot. Sean Desai already proved he'd do it he continues to do it with with Eli Ricks he tried it with James Bradburn they're like we got to get the hell out of this and we got to get to where James is most effective I think Rasul Douglas would be a great fit for this defense at outside corner because he's got tremendous ball skills he's a tremendous zone corner and I always thought you know what if he could have hung on past Jim Swartz to Jonathan Gannon, 
he would have been a great fit outside, outside, not inside. And because he's great, he's great looking at the quarterback. He's great. He's got great ball skills. As we got a West Virginia guy, he'll like that. Mike Gill in the green room. I thought he, I think he'd be a good fit, but they don't need an outside corner. They need a real slot corner. And we'll see if Bradley Roby is that. He's 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 got he's more of a slot corner than Rasul Douglas for what the Eagles want. For what the Eagles want. Well then I'm disagreeing with both you and the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll determine whether I think a guy can play a position by actually watching him play the position. They're not playing the same defense, Jody. They're not playing the same defense. They're not asking the player to do the same things. That's why I say all the time on this show, not everything is in a vacuum. You can't just say, this guy did this here, so he's going to do the same thing here. It doesn't work that way. I've said it for years when people would criticize. If Justin Jefferson came here instead of uh, Jalen Rager as a high-profile example, yeah, he was still going to be a great player because he's a great player. He wasn't going to put up the numbers that he put up in Minnesota because they have a high-volume passing attack and have from day one. I've said that all the time. It's not a vacuum. The same thing is not going to happen, and we're talking about a role player. So when you have role players, you're looking for players that fit a particular role. The Eagles already have – they tried it with Bradbury, as we said, who's a really good player. Uh, and they wanted to get the hell out of that as quickly as possible. They're still trying it with Eli Ricks because they have to because um, Bradley Roby isn't ready to play yet. They've already tried it. They don't want it. They want it. They don't. They want the more traditional slot corner, and that's why they're trying to get back to Roby. They'd love to have Avante Maddox, but they don't have Avante Maddox. Avante's one of the best nickel slot corners in the NFL, but he's hurt. But that's what they want. But he hurt. He got hurt. Right. And you can't put a guy out there that's hurt. Um, do we not consider the slot corner a full-time position for the Eagles? Sure. Okay. Because Maybe I misunderstood what you said. Because you said we're, talk, we're talking about role players. The slot for the Eagles is more than just a role player. They, they're in slot a lot. No, they don't no, you're with, misunderstanding what I'm I saying. The role, the role player... You can't have a superstar at every position. So, you know, Rasul Douglas in Green Bay and Buffalo and Carolina and Las Vegas and everywhere he's been is a role player. He is not a star player. That doesn't mean he can't be an impactful starter and he's done some good things, but he's not a star player. That's what I'm saying by role players. You can't have a a star at every position. So everybody's got to have their role players and those role players got to fit into specific roles. In the case of the Eagles, you know, Abonte Maddox kind of, he's on the tightrope. He's really good. Would I call him a star? No, but he's a really good player. They have, they have role players all over. Um, um, they have more stars than most teams, but that, you know, Sue Opetta, when he's starting, he's a role player. He's not a star. So you're either a role player or a star player. There's no in between. 
you're going to get bogged down in semantics. Now, I don't know if you're being honest here and not I'll be understanding. Why would I? Why would I? Why would because, I lie? To you? I'm because a because you want to win. Because you want to win the argument. And I'm say, just trying to understand the position. Semantically, thinking, semantically, it's it's Rasul Douglas is not a star player. So to me, he's a role player. Now, if you want to say a starter is not a role player, well, then okay. We'll we'll go down that route. That's yeah, fine. That's what I'm he, asking is there a position in between star and so role? So he's not he's not it doesn't change the the thesis of he's not a fit for the Philadelphia Eagles in the slot. That's not what they want in the slot. They want Abonte Maddox in the slot. You saw it. That's the template. It's really hard to replicate it. Or Bradley Roby is a hell of a lot closer to that type of player than Rasul Douglas. Now, did they try to persevere through because they can't find? They use Sidney Brown in the slot. He's not even a cornerback. They're trying to throw everything at the wall. They've used eight different slot cornerbacks. But when Roby is healthy, in theory, it stops. Well, now he's got to get healthy, and that's a bit of a a uh, thin ice situation because A's older and B's been a uh, historically injured player, and he's still injured right now. I I understand exactly what you're saying there. If Roby, you know Roby's healthy, you got a crystal ball. Roby's healthy. He's your guy. You don't need to go get Rasul Douglas. I got you, but you don't know that right now. You don't even know that he's going to be able to play this week. You just go with Ricks. You already have that player. You just go with Ricks. You, you just or you, that so you think Ricks is as good as uh Russell Douglas right now? Well, they they love Ricks and and long term, uh, no, not right now, but the, the you know, the point is, I, I, I can't believe we're getting bogged down to Russell Douglas. I mean, what I, you know, you're you have a group of players, same thing with Nolan Smith, you have young players, you don't just want to say after eight games, all right. These guys suck. Same thing with Kalei Ringo. Everybody's, everybody's, Kalei Ringo can't get on. It's eight games. They're not giving up on them. They got three six foot two corners. You want a fourth one? They got, they, they, they got Makai Garner. They got, they got Eli Ricks. They got, they, they kept these guys for a reason. I mean, you want a fourth one? It, 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 it just doesn't make any sense to me. Is he more ready to play right now? He's a veteran player? Sure. But why are you keeping these guys then? Why are you wasting your time with these guys? Why are they here? I mean, you can't have a veteran at every particular position. And you're certainly not giving up draft capital. That's a significant pick again. Now, they got a fifth back, but they're giving a third. The Eagles aren't giving that up. for for Rasul, And I'm not picking on Rasul Douglas. Uh, if they needed an outside corner, I'd say, yeah, take a shot, take a shot. But they already have this player, the redundancy of it, and how he made this mistake with Golden Tate uh, years ago, bringing him in when Nelson Aguilar was here, and you have this redundancy of two slot receivers, and it didn't work. He tends to learn from his mistakes. All right. Uh, yeah, you and I see this a little differently. I, I I like to judge guys for what they've done on the field, not try and project what they would or wouldn't do because of their size. But uh, we'll agree to disagree. He's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. We're taking a quickie timeout. 
I see one Mike Gill, who I was exchanging texts with this weekend. Went well, went well for both Gill and myself. Uh, we give you details on when, when we come back. Mike Gill from the Sports Bash down the shore up next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Maga Mac here with you on Birds 365. Will it be a walkthrough Wednesday? No, you have to tell us that at some point during the day. Are they actually? Yeah, it's a walkthrough. It's a walkthrough. They're walking through Cowboy Week, huh? Yeah, they like it. They don't uh, like us watching practice, to be honest. Do, do you assume that they walk through until you guys are told that's enough, you can leave, and then they have an actual practice? No, they'd get in trouble for that. There's yeah. cameras all over the place. There's NFLPA people watching. Right. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, that's why I'm saying this is kind of a big week. This is kind of a big game coming up on Sunday. We can get into the specifics of what can and can't happen depending on whether they win or lose. I would 
I would think this would be a week they'd try and actually get a full practice in. But what the hell do I know? I know to call Mike Gill when I need West Virginia inside information. I mm-hmm. texted him on Saturday morning. I'm doing my handicapping to make my college picks. And I couldn't believe that they were uh, how a six-point underdog to Central yeah. Florida on Central Saturday. Central Florida on Saturday, yeah. And I'm going, wait a minute. West Virginia has actually been the better team. Uh, Central Florida played well last week, and West Virginia handed that game against Houston a couple weeks ago. So I thought it was recency bias. And I said, wait a minute. West Virginia should actually be a favorite in this game. Let me see. I know I got an unbiased uh, West Virginia <laughs> guy that I know. Let me see what Mike goes. So I said, text him and said, you think West Virginia's going to win this week? And he said, I'd take the points, that's for sure. Yeah, I kind of like West Virginia points, and they won the game outright. So I know Mike and I yeah. both did well selecting the Mountaineers this past week. I so will, were you, in, I a good, were you yeah. in a good mood all week because of that game weekend, uh, Gil? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, in college football, once your team loses, you're kind of like malaise through the rest of the season. You know it's, it's kind of – I will say as an unbiased West Virginia, and my father being a mediator – I would say Rasul Douglas, I tend to lean with John McMullen on this one. You're another one who believes it's determined by height as to whether you can play in this. Well, I mean, not, it, 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 not even remotely what I said. But no, but ahead. it's like that almost in all sports where, you know, based on your dimensions and size, you are pigeonholed almost into a certain spot. I mean, that's why six foot quarterbacks don't get a lot of opportunity. That doesn't mean there's a rarity out there. I'm not sure right. about Phil Douglas is the rarity. He's a guy that's, you know, when you're taller, there's a lot more of you that has to shift and turn and move, and you get matched up with guys who are not as tall as you. They're quicker and faster. So it's hard for you to make the same twitches. I don't know too many six-foot-two guys who have that same speed in a short burst that some of those slot receivers have. That's why teams don't put six foot two guys in the slot. They're putting five eleven guys in the slot. Yeah, Avante, and, and remember the Eagle slot corner next year is probably going to be Isaiah Rogers, who they already have him in the fold. Uh, they signed him suspended for gambling, but he's going to be back. Huh. Uh, another, um, as what you're saying, short area quickness. That's what they're looking for short area quickness in the slot. That's what the Eagles are looking for. And that's, that's, as you mentioned, typically now, you know, a lot of people went I back. Like, by the way, I do like Russell Douglas. I, so I do I. So I do think I. That they didn't give him. I think, he, I think I, I said, and I told Jody, if he could have held on in the transition to Jim Swartz uh, to Jonathan Gannon, I think he would have been a perfect fit for this defense outside because he's got great ball skills. He's great zone corner. I thought, I think he would have succeeded, uh, but they had gone in a different direction. Ultimately they get Bradbury, but that first year you think about that Steven Nelson, who's a good player, uh, solid player, having a good year in Houston, by the way. Um, if that would have been Rasul, I think, I think he would have been successful. Um, and I think he would have been able to continue his career in Philadelphia, but obviously they had already decided to move on by that point. So I, I, you know, I think he's a good player. Um, not a great player, but I think he's a solid player. 
um, certainly an NFL player, and uh, he's got a chance in Buffalo to to play on a, a a really good team, and we'll see how that shakes out. But yeah, they want uh, they want to get to the point where it's Bradley Roby. Um, they would love Avante to be out there. We wouldn't be even talking about this. And next year, it's probably going to be Rogers. Uh, they want to get to that point, and they they've thrown since we'll start there, they've thrown eight different bodies in there, Mike, in eight games. That ain't good. Uh, And I think when people look at all the issues they had in Washington with a quick passing game, you had Bayard, his first game as an Eagle. You had Blankenship coming off an injury, first game back. Um, You had uh, the slot corner was going to be Sidney Brown on, you know, Base downs uh, to to make it easier, and then Eli Ricks and uh, and known passing situations. Is there any surprise there were communication issues? Uh, they got to settle this thing down at some point. Right, that was the first thing I brought up uh, on my show Monday. Was you got Kevin Byard back there? You got a new slot guy in there. Probably what, the, as you mentioned, the sixth or seventh different guy. You would imagine that Byard. And I would, I would also follow up with this question, and I don't know if anybody asked Sean Desai. I didn't read through the whole transcript. But did they have to scale anything back because of Bayard? Like, did they just have a very basic coverage package in this week because Bayard basically had one day of practice? I know he got here early, but as Jody chronicled, they don't do anything in practice. They might have had to walk through. Maybe he's in a study hall. But I don't know how many reps he got in an actual practice that where he's so I'm wondering if they scaled any coverage back or really vanilla it a lot for him this week. And, and as you, I do agree that I would imagine you talk to any corner safety that communication. I mean, I'm sure Byard and the guy playing the slot probably didn't even know each other's names when they got there, let alone their faces. When you know, so I would think, look, this is such a week to week thing. They had a bad week against the the, the commanders. Two weeks before that, they gave up 10 points yeah. to the best offense in the league. Yeah. So I think we have to keep it in perspective of when they're playing well, they're really good. And when they don't play well, you saw what happens. But generally, over 17 weeks, some weeks you're not going to play that well. And last week was one of them. All right. So let me set an over-under. I didn't do well with this last week with the sacks because I thought the Eagles were going to get a lot of sacks against Washington. Didn't come close on that one. I'm going to set the over-under at, I'll go 123 and a half since it's less than 125. Don't want them going past the 125 that A.J. Brown gets every single week. 123 and a half yards for C.D. Lamb because it sounds to me like the Eagles are just throwing stuff at the wall in the slot corner defensive position and hoping it sticks. And it didn't really stick last week against Sam Howell. So now you got Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb coming in here, who is a legitimate slot-wide receiver. Maybe the best slot-wide receiver in the entire National Football League. 123 yards receiving, 123 and a half for C.D. Lamb. You're taking the under or the over? I would be inclined to say on Wednesday that I would take the over on that. And and I say That's that. not good, Mike. No, but they gave up 11 catches, 88 yards to Tyreek Hill. Now, I would imagine if he got 11 catches, generally he would have got more yards out of that. I was surprised it was 88. But I thought the Eagles did a good job of tackling 
C.D. Lamb, as you mentioned, does a lot more in the slot, and I don't know that the tackling in that area is going to be as good. So while he might get a lot of yards, if you look at their numbers, their second-leading receiver in terms of receptions is Jake Ferguson. Somewhere down that list, you've got Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup. I mean, they have 20 catches, those two guys. We talk about A.J. Brown and the amount of catches he gets here. So if the Eagles are inclined – they might say, hey, you're going to catch 11 balls for 125 yards, but you're the only guy going to be doing anything in this offense. So I would take the over there, um, and much like Hill. He had 88 yards. He ended up scoring a touchdown, but that's the only score they got all day, really. Yeah, I mean, here here's the Cowboys receivers. C.D. Lamb, 46 receptions, 633 yards. Everybody else, 49, 517. So, I mean, I couldn't all... believe it. I couldn't believe it because we people keep saying about AJ Brown, it's too AJ Brown centric. I said, well, last week Devonta Smith had like seven for a hundred almost. Yeah, ninety nine, right? It just yeah. kind of goes under the radar because Brown has done something historical. Dallas has nobody approaching what Devonta Smith has done. Uh, they are, you know, somebody joked that the Eagles have two plays: the the brotherly shove and throw it to AJ Brown. And someone on my show called in and said, well, Dallas has one. Throw it to CeeDee Lamb or throw it to the other team. That's yeah. basically. Ooh, shot on shot on Zach, Dak score. That's yeah. I, I, they're they're good listeners, right? Yeah, CeeDee's very good. Here's my concern about the Eagles defense. And hat tip to our buddy uh, Paul Dama, what she had that. He's breaking down the game for a stat package here. Um the, we all know what the Eagles defense is designed to do. Nick Sirianni says it um, 10 times a year, uh, limit explosive plays. They want to win the explosive play battle, and they want to win the turnover battle. If you do that, you win the football game. Statistically, that turns out to be true. Um, the Eagles have been able to persevere with some turnovers and giving up explosive plays. So the Eagles gave up <clears> – <throat> 11 receptions of 15 or more yards against Washington. That makes 56 on the year, and that's what they determine as an explosive play throwing the football. Last season, they gave up 75 the entire season. Now, to your point, Mike, uh, Washington, it was the quick passing game. Pretty So they're not tackling. After that, that's a big concern against Tyreek Hill for the most part, as you mentioned, 11 receptions, 88 yards. So Jody's over under is good. If he goes over, that means they're not tackling well. If he goes under, he's still going to get 10 catches. But if it's 10 for 90, you can live with that. If it's 10 for 150, then you got problems. That's that's the you know, and the, the comparison was Hill was eleven for eighty-eight, where I thought they did a good job tackling. And remember, that was a mismatched secondary. I mean, they had two safeties in there uh that were are, are not on the field right now, different corner guy, uh slot guy, <clears throat> whatever you want to call him. Um, so yeah, you would think Kevin Byard, a much short, better tackler, blankenship, that those tackles wouldn't be missed. Um, but you know, last week I thought they did a poor job. Uh, of making the initial stop after the short, quick catch. And the last time they played Washington, the same thing. I don't know what it is about those burgundy uniforms that just can't seem 
for whatever reason, they match up well. They're colorblind to burgundy, I guess. There you go. The uh, Got to be able to tackle the burgundy. All right. Uh, the numbers you threw out there were kind of telling about the Cowboys in their passing game that it's kind of C.D. Lamb or bust. How are the Cowboys the number two scoring team in the National Football League with such unbalanced passing numbers? They're 28 points a game. They're number two in the entire league. Mm-hmm. Is their rushing game that good? Yeah, a pretty good player. Um, as you mentioned, this as Mike mentioned, uh, would be uh, the tight end would be the number two receiver, really. Um, and we They've saw also had, they've also had some games where they scored like 40, and you could have a game where CD Lamb has just a monster game and you score 40. So their scoring, I think, is a little tough to. Well, here's the thing. When the Cowboys, I think I said this yesterday on the show, and so I'll ask you both. When they bring their A game, they beat the brakes off people. Yeah. But they're not consistent. Then they'll show up the next week and have really, really. Now, everybody, the Eagles, as we just pointed out, play great one week, play poorly the next. But they find ways to win games. The Cowboys are more susceptible to the ugly hiccup. But when they play well, Ooh. So, you know, it's almost you got to feel, are they going to bring their A game? If they bring their A game, they're going to be tough to deal with. They are. And I think one of the things, I might have mentioned it on here, the difference for me between a Philly, San Francisco, Dallas, you know, San Francisco is obviously struggling right now. I think they got some injury issues that they got to get through. Um, but I ultimately the the difference between the three those three. I mean, if you want to throw Detroit in there, I don't know that we have a big enough uh, resume on what Detroit is. But over the last three seasons, where it's been Philly, San Fran, and and Dallas, I think the biggest difference is Philly's mentally tough. They are physically and mentally tough. Dallas has not shown a propensity to be physically and mentally tough week to week. They're great when things are going good. It's a party over there. It's, you know, woohoo, watch us. But when you got to get into a fist fight with them, they don't like to scrap a whole heck of a lot. They like to throw the haymakers. And Philly doesn't not mind getting into a 24 to 10 game, you know, 17 7. I think Dallas, that's where they struggle. They'll have a party when it's a high scoring back and forth. But are they physically and mentally tough enough? I think there's your difference. These two rosters are both very deep and talented. I think the edge goes to Philly in terms of depth and talent. But they're close. But mentally tough, Philly wins that. And physically tough. I agree with you there. Here's here's one issue that I have with the opposition this week. And uh, it's pointed directly at the maybe best owner in the history of the National Football League when it comes to business, not necessarily football. Jerry Jones last week came out and said, yeah, we won't be making any calls. We don't need to make any calls. We, we're very happy with our roster. We're good where our roster is. Really? Hey, Jerry, you're looking up at the Eagles in the standings and you're telling the world that you're perfectly fine. You don't need to do anything. That's why I give Harry Roseman credit with the deal that he made last week for Bayard. The, the Eagles don't sit on their laurels. And the Cowboys, I don't think, have laurels to sit on to begin with. But Jerry seems to be doing that. Do you think that has a measure of why they're not mentally tough enough? Well, the owner says, oh, we're good. We don't need to make any trades. Somebody calls. Yeah, well, maybe we'll pick up the phone, but we don't have to do anything. We're perfectly fine. Really? You look at what happened this week. 
Eagles went and got Byard. Seattle went out and got Leonard Williams. Seattle's in this mix, by the way. They're in first place in the West. Yeah, they are. They're, they're in the mix. Um, and San Francisco went out and got Chase Young. Dallas sat and watched everybody. So, yeah, the last couple of years this has happened, though, where Philly's gone out and make a move. Uh, San Francisco, they went out and got Christian McCaffrey last year. Yeah, Dallas, don't the, Detroit got a receiver. Everybody, a kid, all the contenders got something. Yeah, and, and Dallas has perpetually stayed quiet at this deadline here. And what's the messaging uh, inside that locker room? Man, we were right there with everybody. And then they all went out and did something, and here we are. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think that plays in why Dallas – look, the, the Dallas thing, too, is we're in the Philly market where this team is number one. They got so many people. But Dallas also has to deal with the pressure of constantly being talked about every single week. If they win, they're the greatest. They got to deal with that the whole – you're the best. They're the, they're back in the Super Bowl thing when they maybe they really shouldn't be. That can't – like, we're not in that market every day to deal with that. But I got to imagine that's not easy to constantly deal with either. That when you win, and you, they win, they win handily a lot. You're a Super Bowl contender again. You go yeah. from oh, oh yeah, that stinks. He's terrible too. Oh, they're a Super Bowl contender again. Wait, oh, hey, Mike, you don't think that happens right here in Philadelphia? Oh yeah, no. Hey, do you it, listen it, to WIP at all? Come on, it's the the, the the markets aren't all that different. Same thing. You go from the great. Uh, well, I, no, I, I, I think, I think what Mike is saying, and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, in this market, in this their market. market is the entire country. Correct. They're, yes. they're, they're the New York Yankees of football. The Eagles they're are the, not on the debate shows every day. Whether you like those shows or take them serious or not, there are people that sit there, and every day Dallas is the topic. Are they a Super Bowl contender again? It's not, are the Eagles a Super Bowl contender? It is Dallas a Super Bowl contender. And they've got to deal with that every place they go. And I'm not trying to make excuses for them. Boo-hoo for them. This is what they created. But that is something that other teams don't deal with, is that they are constantly put on a pedestal that they probably don't belong on. And maybe the Eagles are on that pedestal now, but it's earned from the Eagles' perspective. They're a legitimate contender. Obviously, they were a legitimate contender last year. They got the best record again this year. Um, with the Cowboys, how I always describe it, because of their status, whatever you want to call it, they're always, no matter how good they are, they might be really good, but people think they're a little bit better than they are, always. If they're mediocre, they think they're better. If they're bad, they think they're better. Just a little bit. And if they're good, now during the Jimmy Johnson era, it didn't matter because they were just better than everybody else. But they're always sort of Notre Dame and college football, same thing. Always people think they're a little bit better than they really are. And there's always whether it's the Lakers in basketball, there's that team in every sport, might be the Celtics. Uh, are you are you saying that infects their owner right now? Oh, because I, I I couldn't believe what he said last week. Oh, yeah, God. we're good. We won't be we won't be making any calls. Really, Jerry, you're not seven and zero here. It, in, it infects the entire organization. That's one. You know whether you look at the Jimmy Johnson Cowboys or you look at the Derek Jeter Yankees or you look at the. The, the magic the the Showtime Lakers or the Kobe Shaq Lakers when they when they're when they're so good they can overcome all that crap that tells you you're seeing something special but it's always there it's always there um 
and it, it's real. I agree with Mike. Uh, it's definitely real. They get more hype than they deserve, uh, typically. Um, so then here's my next question. Shame on Mike McCarthy for that, letting that infect the locker room. You're saying the players have to carry that. The players have to deal with that. You really going to let Skip Bayless? Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not blaming the coach because it's out of the coach's realm. Doesn't matter who the coach is. Doesn't matter so the who. The coach has no control over the Jason Garrett. No. Every single coach, Barry Switzer, go all the way back, Dave Campo, every single one of them. They got to deal with the same thing. Manager of the New York Yankees, got to deal with it. Coach of the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, got to deal with it. It's just part of it, part of the job description. It's not going away. Um, do you have good players who are able to handle it? Um, and the Cowboys got a bunch of good players. Well, and that's where I talk about mentally. Uh, you know, they're yeah, not mentally tough. tough is that they do listen to the outside noise. It's only human nature to do it. And, yeah, the coach can say the message, hey, they're all going to talk about us, but we got to block that. You're on TV all day, every day, that team. That, that You turn around and watch TV. Is Dallas a Super Bowl contender again? I mean, they win 40. They beat the Rams. Look, the Rams are a blah. They're just another NFL team. They're they're with everybody else. They're stuck in the middle. They, they're, they're good one week. They stink the next. And you beat them 44 to whatever the score was. Great. And, and by the way, you guys are on the radio. Super Bowl contender. You know, yeah. throwing the Rams out doesn't mean you went from, you have questions losing to Arizona one week to, hey, we beat the Rams. Now you're a Super Bowl contender. But they look at the screen and say, oh, are we a Super Bowl contender again? Maybe we are. Um. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys are on the radio every day, basically. and. You, you, you know, Philadelphia has sort of a little brother complex to the Cowboys because of all this over the years, going back to all the way back to Tom Landry and Roger Staubach. And how many times do you guys hear, it drives me nuts, oh, the Eagles don't get the respect on national TV. The announcers hate the Eagles, whatever, whatever. And ironically, NFL Films is at Mount Laurel and so many people work in, or that work for NFL Films are Eagles fans and so many analysts are Eagles fans. Um, it's the exact opposite. And since in this century, so, you know, pretty big sample size at this point, 2023, no team has been on national TV more than the Philadelphia Eagles Except one, the Dallas Cowboys. And, and the, but here's where the Eagles have generally wanna, been good. Don't want to give the opposition credit, John, but since you went there, they earn it. Yes. They might not earn it with their one loss record, but they track the ratings. And guess what? Dallas comes on, the needle moves. So we can say what we want about the Cowboys and not having mental toughness. And oh my God, they have to carry the burden of over coverage by the national media for whatever reason. Cowboys are on national TV. The ratings spike up. So and by the way, the Eagles do the same thing, but the Eagles are on national as TV. As big as the Cowboys. Nobody moves the no. needle like the Dallas well, Cowboys. Well, that's, that's the point. But number two in this century has been the Philadelphia mm -hmm. Eagles. The difference is the Eagles have to be good to get on national television. If, and everybody. That could be anybody. The most watched game this season, though, 
Eagles Jets. Yeah, oh, that's that's no, the Jets. You don't yeah. want to go there. You don't want to go there, Gil. The two most watched games this year both include the Jets. The I think Jets are the needle mover, not the Eagles. Four, I think four of the top top five now are Jets. I the, the NFL just sent out the new list. Uh, I'll try to find it. Uh, they sent it out yesterday. I think the top by forty four of the top fifty television shows are NFL games so far this year, and. Um, yeah, for the, t- I believe the Jets are in for the top five. That was the Aaron Rodgers effect, and people are just uh, immersed in it. But um, yeah, I think as they continue to see Zach, that Wilson is like play. bizarre to me. Like, are there people out there that are so casual of football fans that they think Rodgers is still playing? Are they watching no. the game? And we're no, I don't, the I don't think you saw the Jets beat the Eagles, right, Mike Gill? Right, the but Jets he... are actually a fascinating team. They're a very imperfect team, but they're a fascinating team. Oh, a thousand percent. But generally, what generates big ratings is a star. Aaron Rodgers isn't there. Like at some point, you would think the casual fan, why would you be interested in this Jets team? All right, here it is. Top five games. Uh, uh, week one, NBC, obviously, uh, Detroit, Kansas City was 26.9 million. Uh, Kansas City Jets, 26.2. Uh, Bengals 49ers, 26.1. So they did a big, big number for that game. Eagles Jets, 26.1, uh, just a little bit below uh, the, the other and fourth. And Jets Cowboys, 25.9. And that was a massacre. I guarantee you that number went down as the game went on because the yeah. Cowboys just crushed the Jets. People had to get away from that one in droves. 44 of the top 50 TV shows since the start of the 2023 TV season have been NFL games. And by the way, Cowboys Eagles at 425. This that Sunday. will be in the top five next week. Right. And, and and listen, the Jets are in New York. It's a lot, but it's not like the Jets historically have been a big draw. No. no. So just to say, well, they're in the biggest, I see somebody in the chat saying they're in the biggest media market. It's not like the Jets are perpetually some great television no. draw. No. This is the bizarre no. thing to me is that, yeah, they got Aaron Rodgers. And I, Jody Mack, thought that they were going to be the AFC representative in the so Super did I. with that defense and Wilson and Rodgers and, and Hall. But they don't have Aaron Rodgers. What the hell are you watching them for? You know I mean, we always say. I don't know how people stuck through that Jets-Giants game. I don't know what the ratings were for that. But, man, yeah, that, bless that, those that, that didn't make the top five. I bless you bless that those people. But the NFL and that's the biggest games. media market against the biggest media market. Right. And it was the worst game of the history the of The NFL has made every rule to try to help out the offense. And offenses stink in this league. Ah, it's it's painful to watch offenses yeah. play in this yeah, league. You know why? And you're going to see it this week, even more so, with Clayton Toon and Jaron Hall are going to start NFL games. Now, Jody's talking about the Jets and Giants. Zach Wilson is Otto Graham compared to Tommy DeVito. Um, and, 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 and you don't, you don't Hall, want to get me started on that. Um do most of the people watching this show right now even know what team Jaron Hall and Clayton Toon are about to start for? Probably not. Probably not, unless they're paying attention to it. I'll give one out of two yeah. on the guess. Maybe because uh, I, I will say this. Let's see. 
I think I brought this up with you before, Mike Gill, and uh, I think you uh, disagree with me as my partner does. Uh, but I'm if I die on this hill, so be it. I believe that at the beginning of the year, the NFL, uh, off the record with their officials, said, "Listen, we, we, we're catching some flack here." We're giving the guy with too many penalty flags. Nobody wants to see a pass interference flag. It's the criticism we hear. You got to watch the play. And then you got to look to the screen where the flag little yellow thing pops up to see if the maybe we cut him a little slack on the back end defensively. We let the corners play a little defensively. If it's a split second, he gets there before the ball gets there. Don't touch just I mean, if it's a blatant, you got to throw the flag because they're going to show a replay on television. You're going to look like an idiot for not having called pass interference. But if it's at the same time, damn close to say, let him play. I watch a lot of games. I watch the Red uh, Zone on, on Sundays. And there were a lot of plays that weren't being called that I thought, just judging by my own eye, what's a pass interference, what's a not a pass interference over the last seven years in the NFL, they were letting it go. I really did believe that. And I thought it was a directive directly from the league. I'll tell you what. This past weekend, they went back to dropping the flags. And I think it had something to do with what you just pointed out. They got too many games. The Jets and the Giants, as ugly as that was, they're going, now, wait a minute. We didn't say we want to get it down to 13-10 games. We want to let them play a little defense, but we got to keep the overall scoring up. I think there's been another directive from the league that they got to go back to calling pass interference. I, I, I just think... There is a way where you like, for example, the 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 um, roughing the passer penalty. It's egregious sometimes. It's so bad. I don't mind if the official throws the flag and says we want to look at whether this was a roughing the passer. There was somebody pushed, somebody fell. Let's throw the flag, and that signifies start looking at that play immediately. And then they can call out and say, "Nah, there's not, there's not enough there." That penalty keeps drives alive, that stuff. There was a penalty in the game last week against the Eagles. It helped the Eagles out against Brandon Graham for like a low block on the opposite side of the field. They ran the other way. It had nothing to do with the play. Why you call that? Why? Why is that penalty? It has nothing to do with the play. It's not Safety. Safety, Mike. Safety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but Jody's point is like you would tell these guys, look, let the guys play. If the penalty is a minute penalty on the opposite side of the field, these, you know, these uh, five-yard holdings, when the throw goes to the right side and the guy's being held on the left side of the field, and it's I, – I don't understand. To me, many of these officials, I'd love to sit in a room with them and just talk football. I don't think they have any clue about the game. I really don't. I think See, a lot I, of these guys, I'm the exact, I defend, I'm the only person in the world that defends those guys. And listen, I've said it on your show. People don't hate the officials. They hate the legislation. I know that. I, I know uh, that. But they, I think they, a lot of them don't even – I don't think they legislate it the right way. <laughs> I just well, don't yeah. think – I don't think they have – like, for instance, yeah, I do play-by-play, -play, Okay. When you have a producer who has sports background, they have a feel for tell the camera guy to go there. Let's get this shot. When you have a producer who's a producer, but he's not a sports guy, he doesn't have that intuition. He doesn't have that feel of this is the moment. Get the crowd. I feel like that's the official. They don't have the intuition of this play. This penalty has nothing to do with this play. I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. I, 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 I'm always intuition. amazed because – 
I'm amazed how much shit they get right, to be honest. Because I, 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 you know, the toe tap, I'm like, oh, there's no way this guy's in. And they call him in, and you look at the re- oh, damn, he's in. I, I'm and and they did it in real time. I'm kind of amazed They're at how good they are. That dude. I, I, hey, I, I think people hate the legislation. I hate the legislation. You, if they, if they threw everything on you, Mike, and said, "Oh, you got to do this. You got to look for this. You got to do this," and everything's just subjective, and you're still a human being. Last time I checked, you're going to blow calls. I think that's baked into the game. That's where I, every coach in the world has told me, control what you can control. You're going to get screwed. Jody knows I rarely complain about officiating. I just don't. It, to me, it's, well, it's, 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 it, it's useless, number one. Agreed. And number two, there's nothing you can do about it. So you either persevere or you don't. Everybody's got to persevere through Jacksonville basketball. last week. It's not good when now the player from Jacksonville came flat out and said the refs wanted the Pittsburgh to win the game. He flat out mm-hmm. came out and said they wanted Pittsburgh to win the game. Whether that's true or not, you are at a point now where your officiating is so bad that the players are coming out and saying, we think the officials wanted Pittsburgh to win the game. Now, I hear this all the time from Dallas fans. Dallas perpetual, a lot of fans, but Dallas fans. The refs killed us. The ref- if there was any team in the entire league that the NFL wants to win and have the refs on their side, as Jody chronicled, it's Dallas. Well, they here in Philadelphia, I'll throw this to – I'm not going to say it can't happen because Tim Donahue exists. So, um, you know, again – somebody could fix a game if they wanted to fix a game, do something untoward. But I I don't think it's consistent in any way. I don't think anybody – and here in Philadelphia, a lot of Phillies fans said, oh, boy, you know, baseball must be upset to have the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers in the World Series. And sure enough, the TV ratings are are down because it's not a, a, a great matchup. So on the back end of that, well, then why would baseball want the Diamondbacks and Rangers? They're, the umpires make mistakes, of course. Strike zone drives me nuts like it drives everybody nuts. They make mistakes all the time. But no, they don't, to use your point, and I don't know who that was in Jacksonville, but they didn't want Pittsburgh to win. Could there be an outlier, Tim Donahue, who's in trouble because he gambled away to, I guess, but I, come on. Where, By the way, Mike, about your team? If you, about you know, team? Mike, who was the guy from Jacksonville? Are we talking about a backup defensive tackle? Or if no, it wasn't it was Trevor a, Lawrence or – I think it was a uh, wide he, receiver or or maybe a corner. And he's probably emotional after the game. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not going to put any stock into that because he said it just – I'm not putting stupid. stock in the fa- – but my point No, is, I know what you're saying. There's you're a saying player out there stupid. who's expressed yeah. that he thinks yeah. that's a possibility. Now – to your point on the Tim Donahue thing, how many officials officiate a game every single week? What's the background on these guys? Who knows what Joe Schmo's doing Monday? This is the whole thing with they're not full-time guys. They have jobs. You know, we don't know what these guys are doing. We have no idea what's in their mind. Well, that I agree with. There should be more accountability. Like, you know, one of the problems, the only problem I have with officiating, if you blow a big call in a big spot, and somebody loses a game and doesn't make the playoffs, people's lives are affected. Coaches get fired. Support staff gets fired. Players essentially get fired by being released. 
you know, it affects a lot of people. And if you blow calls consistently, there's no, uh, that I agree with. There that is the be biggest, more I think the perception in all sports, there's no accountability for being not good at your job. We all have accountability generally, you know, about if you do something that's, that's perpetually not good. Official consistently gets calls wrong. What's the penalty? We never hear from this guy. We just see him the next week making more calls. Yeah, like Angel Hernandez. Yeah, he should be out the door. But uh, give, give the Major League Baseball umpires this much. They got one of the best unions. Yeah, they have a tremendous union. On the face of the planet. Yeah. So they, they do get away with that stuff. All right, Gil, we're way over time. Here's the only thing I need from you. I'm going to make a prediction that after the game, the Eagles versus the Cowboys this week, there's going to be fans that are going to blame it on the ref. Either way, doesn't matter how the game goes. Oh, Eagles win, true. Cowboys win, yeah. there's going to be a percentage fan call. We were screwed by the referees. So that's my prediction. I need a different prediction from you. Eagles will either do this, and it'll be the reason why they win, or the Eagles will do that, and it'll be the reason that they lose. Give Fill in one of the two blanks. What either concerns you and this could cost the Eagles game or a matchup that you like the Eagles that they have. And that's the reason why they're going to win the game. Which blank you choosing to fill in and how you filling it in? Uh, I'm glad you asked me this question because this week I think we're going to see the Eagles go back to road grading, running the football, demoralizing Dallas, running right at Micah Parsons. Stop us. If Kenny Gainwell. Can. Is this a Kenny Gainwell week? No, it's a DeAndre Swift. The coach back his stance on Kenny Gainwell. I can't bench him because then I have to bench everybody every time they made a mistake. Is this a Kenny Gainwell breakout week, Mike Hill? No, it's a, it's a Swift game. And by the way, I wouldn't even be surprised if we didn't see a lot of Gainwell. That whole thing with the IG, I think there should be more on that. That's preposterous. You're on Instagram. Uh, I didn't bring up the end at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. At halftime. That's ridiculous. Uh, but still, 35 carries, big game. They run it out 200 yards. Dallas is just huffing and puffing, bending over, thinking we just got our asses whipped up yeah. front. And there's your difference in the game. You know why I like the IG thing? We're way over. But you know why I like it, Mike? Because uh, it proves to people. Yeah, they're not doing shit at halftime except checking their phones, taking a pee, and and having an orange slice. They're making no, adjustments. Nobody's sitting there on the chalkboard. They're making adjustments, throwing the game plan out, and making halftime adjustments. adjustments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe it's time for a coach to take charge and actually say. Let's see if we can get just something discussed during the half. That would be my way to look at it. Uh, Mike, always a pleasure. Uh, who's West Virginia play this week? Oklahoma. Uh, who yeah. we got? We got uh, t-shirts. What is what is that? I got Penn? University of Penn. I'm a Quaker yeah, right. today. Okay. Uh, I West believe. Virginia does not play Oklahoma this week. I think. Bethel I believe uh, you were at the Wharton School from uh, 2004 to 2006. I believe. I stepped foot on the campus. <laughs> yeah, you you meandered over there after going to. Uh, uh, God damn it. Why can't I think of the great sports building that's right there next to the Penn campus? I'm thinking Palestra. of Palestra. I had yeah. a brain fart there. Right. Yeah. Franklin Field. Had, had, had his eight beer at the Palestra and unfortunately yeah, right. thought he parked near the Wharton School. Oh, like West, West, Virginia, West, Virginia plays, uh, West Virginia plays BYU. They play Oklahoma next week. All right. Okay. Smoky yeah. Joe's. Does that still exist? That was a great bar downtown by Penn. I don't know if it's still there, but. Uh... 
Hopefully. Yeah, I won't be I won't be texting you about this week, Mike. But uh, you and I both had West Virginia out last weekend. Mike Gill, thank you very much. He's the host of the Sports Bash on ninety seven three down the shore, uh, ESPN Radio, and he sucks McMullen yeah. into joining him every single week. Yeah, like by the me. way, Xander's probably mad at us. We we uh, yeah, we're way we late. <laughs> Let's take a break. Come back, Chris Franklin, yet to join us. Lots to do on Bird Street sixty five. own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. John McMullen and Jody McDonald. You're back on that guy's here on Birds 365. Thanks, Mike Gill, for hopping on. And uh, Chris Franklin's going to join us in less than 10 minutes now. Um, and again, sorry, Xander. We went a little long. Just got carried away talking. Uh, you buying what Gill's selling? And I'll try and put it in this perspective, John. If you can quickly crunch the numbers for me or you do them off the top of head, you could really impress me. Uh, Eagles average running game, which includes Jalen Hurts, 
which we know this week, if it's anything like last week, and I don't know how much that bone bruise is going to heal over the seven days going from the Commanders to the Cowboys, his running isn't going to be what it usually is. How much of a drop-off there is, I don't know. But Gill is predicting a pound it and run it down their throat game for the Eagles. How many running attempts that they usually have per game? What do they rush for per game? These are per game stats I'm looking at. And looking at those numbers, average. And now we're up to seven games. So that's not a bad sample size. It's almost uh, half a season, eight games. So you got to get one more to get over the halfway point. Uh, how, how big a rushing game do you think it will be for the Eagles, as Mike is predicting? Um, yeah, let's see. I, it's a good question. I haven't thought about it yet. Typically, the Eagles, you know, pass to run the football. Um, so they want to get the lead. And, and generally, there's more passing early. I don't think that changes. Um, and and then it becomes sort of, all right, how's it going? Are you up 10 nothing? Then then the running game becomes a bigger deal. I don't think it's going to be as big as a run game because the run game, the Eagles run game, now I'm just kind of thinking about it, is, you know. 132.3. That's what they average running per yeah. game. Which it, is it, it's quarterback, they're seventh in the seventh league. Seventh in the league, right. Now, coming into last week's game, and I don't have the numbers this week, they ran the football more than anybody else. They were number one. Um, number two was Baltimore. There's a reason they're number one and Baltimore's number two, because they both have uh running games that are partially attributable to the quarterbacks um the fact that Jalen Hurts is probably not going to be 100 percent as he was last week as you mentioned in Washington scaled back I don't think they're going to run the ball as much because the quarterback isn't going to be it's got to be more traditional and I don't think they're as effective with just the traditional hand the football off uh running game so until Jalen is back, I don't know if you're going to see that type of game. That meant back to 100%, I mean. Um, I don't think you're going to see that type of game, uh, to be honest. That's so you would I, think under the 132.5 yards, which is their average? Uh, oh, that depends. I, I didn't – I misunderstood. I thought you were talking just run-heavy game, not effectiveness. That That has to do with are they ahead. If they're ahead, yeah, they're going to go over. If they're below, they're going to go right. under. I'm, I'm, um, I'm going to say they go. I think it's going to be a close. Do you think game. they're going to be ahead? Since you're you're hedging here, which is actually a probably pretty smart well, hedge. Um, you, I'm you hedging like some mean I'm, as to which way you think the game's going to go. The number's one thirty-two and a half. Yeah, you I'm hedging tell. because I'm thinking it out as I'm talking. I right. think it's going to be a close game, and so I would take the under. Yeah. I, because I think in a close game, they're trying to win the game. There's going to be more passing. I, so, uh, but if they're up to you, you're laughing at Mike Gill's prediction is what you're doing. I'm not laughing at it. I just don't agree with it. I, I, I'm laughing at you laughing. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I think it's going to be a close game, but I say all the time, I say to Seth every week, he asks about the run pass ratio. I tell, I same thing. Tell me, What's the score in the fourth the quarter? Score, I'll tell you right? the run pass exactly. right here. That's, that's all it comes down to. 
we all like to think we can figure out exactly what the coach is thinking going in. Yeah, and then the scoreboard dictates what the coach is thinking yeah. while the game is being played much more so than your pregame. John has already convinced all of us there's no such thing as halftime adjustments. I did that, that first of all, Jim Swartz convinced me. I'm 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 relaying information. And by the way, Jim all, all Jim said was, yeah, that's a bunch of bullshit. I'll use the term. Um a, you're making adjustments from series one. Uh, the coaches make adjustments the entire time. But yeah, and that Peyton Manning said it on national TV, and I give Peyton all the credit in the world. So not John McMullen. You can put some stock in Peyton Manning because he's the one who said, I'm taking a leak and getting an orange slice. That's what I'm doing at halftime. So, you know, take it for what it's what it is right and it's probably overstated and that's the point you're trying to make those who think that they sit down and hammer all this no it's it's much more relaxed but there are adjustments and they're ongoing adjustments they're adjustments oh, yeah. the from play to play and i don't care if you make them during the 14 minutes of downtime of the oh uh, yeah half. i'm not saying there are making an adjustment with 30 seconds ago in the half or the first 30 seconds mm -hmm. of the second half you just better be ready to make adjustments when stuff you're doing isn't working yeah That's the point I, I'm, I'm just i'm making fun of the old school hollywood oh you go into the locker room you get the blackboard out and you rip up the game plan and you come up with a new game plan that's what i'm adjustments go on throughout the entire game the nice. entire game. And I thought that the adjustments that the Eagles didn't make on defense last week is on Sean Desai. A after, what did Hal go? Eight of eight, eight of nine, nine of 10. Oh, he was of, uh, 21 of uh, 22, I believe. 21 of 22. I would have made an adjustment somewhere before he got to 21 of 22. I well, he my did, though. That's the bit. point. They weren't working. He did. Trust me, he did. It wasn't working. That's the problem. Oh, and, and 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 yeah, they were they, they, they yeah they were trying. <laughs> they were trying. They just didn't play well. Try harder. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We're Mac and Mac on Birds 365. Chris Franklin indoors. Yeah, it's a little chilly out there. Hey, fall has finally arrived. That's a good thing. And as a matter of fact, I'll tie that into why the Eagles got stiff this weekend. I'll explain when we come back here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving him up and good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. Dallas week. Cowboys coming up on Sunday. And we got Chris Franklin from NJ.com to jump in with us. And you are the perfect guy to have on right here, right now, because I want to take I want to take you back to April. Okay. The NFL schedule comes out, and we immediately go to the Eagles and see what they've got. And ooh, looks early easy. Ooh, look at that gauntlet they got to run in the middle of the state. Oh my God, back to back to back weeks, bye bye. One thing that jumped out at me, I remember bringing this up here on Birds 365. I wanted to know why the Eagles were playing the Cowboys at home first and in Dallas second. Because usually they flop that every year. The year it's Cowboys in Philadelphia and then Eagles in Dallas. And the next year it's the Eagles in Dallas early and the Cowboys coming to Philadelphia. They almost always do it the exact reverse of what they had it the year before. This is the second consecutive year where the Eagles go to Dallas later in the season. They play the Cowboys here first. I know how many league sources you have. You're so tied into 345 Madison Avenue, it's ridiculous. <laughs> why, why did Roger Goodell tell the Eagles, no, we're not doing that this year? Boy, Wait, you know, the, the script writers, you know, didn't they just say they wanted to make sure because you know, the Eagles have issues down there in, uh, in, in Arlington and Jerry World, so it makes it more drama. The script play. writers told Roger Goodell he had to do it that <laughs> I, way. I, I'm you impressed. See, did either of you guys see those commercials at the beginning of the year? They yeah, had they were great. The yeah. readings around the reading yeah. room, and how can we write the most ridiculous things <laughs> about great. the upcoming Egan Michael those Key, were very the, great, uh, the, the great Hingle McCringleberry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Key, one of the great sketches of all time, Hingle. Look it up on YouTube, uh, by yeah. the way. Um, yeah, by the way, speaking of script writers, Chris, uh, first of all, I'm impressed by Jody that you even remember that. I, I didn't know they did that, to be honest. Switch oh, year sure. to year, typically. That, typically, uh, yeah. It's I, I didn't even know one that. One than any other. Yeah. Um, uh, but speaking of script writers, I mean, come on. They fire uh, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler <laughs> and the head coach. Is Antonio Pierce, and they're playing the New York Giants. 
Come on, that's pure script. Pure yeah, yeah. script. Yeah, remember in that commercial too. I think when they were pointing to, oh, they're gonna love this. I think that's what the part they were looking at, saying, oh, they're gonna love this part. I think mean, yeah. the fact that they waited this game, late, but they're playing <laughs> the Giants. They got to come up with an angle. That's a hell of a script. And Antonio yeah. Pierce, it's a great linebacker for the linebacker for the Giants. And the and the fact they did it so late on a Tuesday of all things, it's like wait. A like if you're if you're so angry, you're gonna fire the guy. Fire a guy after the game or something like that, or 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 Monday. You're gonna wait till Tuesday when most of the people are sleeping. Well, reason I was still up, I couldn't sleep. So I'm sitting like, uh, huh? It's such okay, a now I can't sleep. He <laughs> didn't play till Monday night, so yeah. that pushed yeah. everything back for them. And I'll give credit to to Davis because he takes a little grief. I've heard the. He's too. He's not his father. He doesn't have the fire and brimstone of his father. He doesn't want to fire the coach because he doesn't want to pay off the coach. I actually think he's gotten a bad rap. Good on him for firing that coach yesterday. You know why? Because that coach stinks. He does. And, stink, and you're very lucky, Philadelphia Eagle fans, that he's not the head coach of the Philadelphia yes, Eagles. Because Howie Roseman wanted to hire him badly here, and Jeff Laurie said, "No, we won't have that." Well, Howie recommended him. I, you know, Jeffrey turned it down. But uh, yeah, because just imagine if it happened. Uh, would Howie still be here? That's the thing. Like if it was that well, Howie, bad, Howie'd be fine. He'd be he'll, he'll be fine on his seventh coach. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey that, Jeffrey so made bad. that mistake once. He's not going to make it again. But uh, yeah. all right, let's talk about bad. Howie. Come on, Chris. He doesn't do anything. What's wrong with Howie Roseman? But, but every, he he makes a splash, but he doesn't do it. <laughs> uh, the timing is incorrect uh, for some people. You got to do it. He's got to do it on the day. He's got to do it on the day. Oh. <sighs> Jeez, that's why I, I, I'll get the uproar. Like everybody's talking about, like he's how he's cooking. Like last week when it got oh how he's cooking, how he's got all this stuff and it is looking great, and that's and then now everything doesn't make a move right now. It's like what is he doing? He's I don't get his like it's so fickle. I, I don't understand. I mean, the guy was able to get Kevin Byard. You need you can't grab everybody that's a, quote unquote available, and, and it's it was tough. To, it was tough to get anything done. Like if. If people are asking for twos and, and, and ones and everything for certain guys, how, how are you going to get it? You still have to pay Devontae Smith and Landon Dickerson an extension pretty soon. So he's got still on a contract. And when are you going to play it? you got so many people that are about to come back. You don't have the roster space. Yeah. And it's going to be bad enough. You're going to be cutting some people. So yeah. I don't know what he can do. <laughs> it's so pretty cool. All right, CF. Uh, everyone's got opinions. They're kind of like sphincters. Everybody has one. And if you can cut through it a little bit and get to the fact and Dak Prescott in his career in games that he's started and played more than half is eight and two against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now I know Dak, I know Dak's lack of production in playoffs and not being able to get it done, but in season he's eight and two against the Philadelphia Eagles. And he's only started one game where Jalen Hurts was the opposing quarterback. Now it was game three of the Sirianni era, and certainly the Eagles have changed and improved since. But history says Zach is a tough out for the Philadelphia Eagles. You believe that this week? Yeah, I do. I think the Sam Howell and Eric Bieniemy may have given them a game plan how to do it. Because I look at the way that they were able to use the short passing game and you know, the easiest way, especially you don't want Dak to start throwing interceptions downfield, is to just make it easy, makeable throws. And for the way that the commanders were attacking the Eagles, especially in the middle of that field, you throw CeeDee Lamb going on those crossing routes and 
trying to match him up while he's running away from defenders and, and finding soft spots that zone, it gives me some it gives you some concern. It, it really does. And I, I look at the way, especially with Dak, if he gets going early and going in a rhythm, he can be a problem. And I think it's gonna be imperative. I, I think it's gonna be a week where you have to do a be it's do a tendency breaker and just say, you know what? You you think we're gonna play passive, we're gonna play the zone. Maybe blitz him a couple times early and get him out of that funk because if you do that, then you know old Dak start Dak that plays other teams in the middle of the year starts to show up and maybe for some pressure. So I think it's a week where this is this is gonna be the week where I think you look at Sean Desai and you, you, you laud him for what he did against the Dolphins. I think this is the week where he really makes his he really proves himself. I really truly do because going to a bye <laughs> and you got those two weeks and this is where you start to make those uh those assumptions like what are you gonna do the rest of the season? You know, for the most part, let's talk about Sean Desai, Chris Franklin, because I think uh, a lot of people ha- uh, really like Sean. I think there's a lot of things to like. I think partially it's because they hated the old defensive coordinator <laughs> so much. But uh, I, I, I'm I'm starting to say, you know, come on. Uh, Jody said sphincter, so I'll say crap, uh, crap or get off the pot when it comes to slot corner. Make a damn decision, man. Uh, all these moving parts are not helping this secondary, this back seven as a whole. And I'll throw the linebackers in there as well. You know, if Nicobe's your guy, Nicobe's your guy. Put him out there with Zach Cunningham. And Nick Morrow, thanks for the couple good games. And uh, if we need you again, we'll call on you again. I, I, I think there's been a lack of chemistry in the back seven. And I think it's up now fire just got here that you can't help that, but I think it'd be help if you made a decision. I like that you're open-minded and looking at all these different avenues, but I think we're at the point where you got to make a decision. Yeah. I think when it comes to, uh, and I'm splitting on this one too. I think when it comes to slot corner, I don't have a mind. I don't have a problem with them switching and matching up. This is the people that they're using in certain situations that I, and I think it's a little tough. I, I like Sidney Brown a lot. I think he's going to be a really bright future, but when they're using a lot of like the 11 and you put him in the slot against a quick wide receiver, I think he's, I think that can present some issues when it comes to stuff like that. Linebacker wise, I don't have a problem with the rotation thing. I think it's telling that when they haven't put the Kobe, when they keep put him in and out, I don't know if that's say, you know, I, I thought, We've heard so much time before the season began. He's a three-down linebacker. He's a three-down linebacker, and they're not using him in that way. And it's like, and I start to wonder, like, is, are they worried about his coverage or not? And why are they throwing him in to mix it up? So I, I would think it's best to solidify that part right now and just put Nakobe in there. I like the way Marl played early in the season. That's always like the way he plays special teams. But if Nakobe's your future, quote-unquote future in the middle, you got to let him play all those snaps in the middle. But slot corner, I, I have no issues with him mixing him. Mixing and matching it up, I mean, especially if with that How about much when Roby comes back. I think that's you, or even slot corner. Bang, that's it. No, I'm still mixing them in because I really think when, especially these teams where you get the tight ends and everything else, I think he's played well. I think that one game he played, that mostly he played, he think he did all right. But I think you still need to mix them up with those matchups in the middle because it can be really tough. I still have questions if he if teams if, I, if I'm seeing him in the you know, that's I'm going to be just run the game, run power right at him. And just make a force them to step up and try to do that. I think that's why I think he makes the matches in the slot a bit more. But linebacker, they really should solidify that and just say, hey, Nicobe, you're the guy. 
Yeah, John, I disagree on this one a little bit because I haven't seen enough of Roby. He played 25 snaps against the Rams, and he's the number one guy because of 25 snaps. I need to say a little bit more. He might be. John might be right. He might be the best of the lot and by plenty, but I'm not just penciling him in because he had 25 great snaps against the Rams and then got hurt. I, I need to see a little bit more, but he should be at the top of the still evaluating list for me at slot corner. Uh, I, I'm giving you a hypothetical. People love my hypotheticals. The streamers just love when I do this. I'm putting you on a spot here, uh, uh, Chris. Sunday afternoon, halftime score, 14-10 Dallas. The Eagles are getting the ball to start the second half because, of course, they won the coin toss and they deferred, which they always do. Uh, so they get the ball to start the second half. They didn't get that, ooh, get it right before the half and get the back-to-back possession. Didn't quite work out for the coach this week. Dallas actually uh, scores with under 30 seconds to go to take a 14-10 lead. So we're coming out in the second half. Eagles get the kickoff. They go down the field. They're driving. They get the ball first and goal from the nine-yard line. <laughs> down 14-10, first possession in the third quarter. What running back would A, Chris Franklin have in the backfield with Jalen Hurts and the rest of the offense? And predict for me what running back the Eagle coaching staff will have in the game. First and goal from the nine, down 14-10, early third quarter. Once you said first and goal for nine, I knew where this question was going when it came to that. I would have DeAndre Swift because of the productions he's had in that area. He's got a full yard against Kenneth Gainwell. He's averaging about just about like a full yard against uh, more versus Kenneth Gainwell, and I like his power, but I think they're going to put Kenny in there because of the, I think they're gonna put Kenny in there because they feel confident that for for some reason they use him a lot. I, I think personally, it, I, I know they like to use Kenny. They just talk about Kenny's receiving thing, but DeAndre Swift that was one. That's one of his main his main attributes is he's able to catch the ball out the backfield if you need, if you're going to still throw. I mean, but given history, what they do on the first play most of the time on the first play in the goal uh, first and goal they run the ball. So I want to get the ball. I want to get the ball flowing to DeAndre Swift and let him use that power and try to get in there. And we've seen the, the fumble that he had, that Kenny's had in there, and, and he's not been as effective, in my opinion. But I mean, I, I just they, they love Kenny in that spot. But I put DeAndre in there. By the way, uh, Pro Football Focus says uh, fifty-four running backs rated who played enough. Uh, number fifty-three. Is Miles Sanders number fifty-four? Is Kenny Gainwell? Oh, get out of here! The fifty-three. They only have fifty-four running backs uh, ranked. Yeah, Uh, those are the guys that have played played enough to be uh, ranked. Uh, DeAndre, by the way, uh, is thirty-third, so it's not like he's killing it. Main much of. His issues are pass protection. Now, I believe you were the one who asked about Kenny and his Instagram follies. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, your take on that? Uh, you know, we all know we should put the phone away. You can't. You have to ignore trolls, but sometimes it's easier said than done. Um, what's your What's your take on the whole situation? That to me. 
it says a lot because I, I know these guys. Trust me, we we get them. We all get trolled at oh, times. Up here in DMs, all that stuff. Yeah. It, it it gets. I guess some of them, I will say that some of the troll jobs are actually kind of funny. I got to laugh at some of them. Like, all right, cool. But to do that, like, I understand you're frustrated. I understand that you're not playing as well as you did in the game. I think you had minus four yards going into that at halftime. I know you wanted to feel like you need to lash out, but that is not the time to do that. You need to focus up anything. You just have to focus on, all right, how am I going to come back and bounce back and somehow atone for that mistake that I did? And the fact that, he, he, even I'll, I'll give him this credit saying he didn't use expletives and he didn't use whatever could have said a lot worse, but he's still effective. But he can't do that, man. Like it's people are going to get, they're going to get under your skin. And he can't, it's to me, I question like that, that, that tells I question like this stuff, like, like, why are you doing that, man? Like what? there's no good that comes of that. You're sitting there looking, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be one of these guys that are going to be on team that's going to the Super Bowl, and you want to jeopardize that stuff. If if this team's record was any less, or this is this is any other coach, he probably might be either A, facing a suspension of some sort, B, might be the cause way of playing, hey, you're not playing the rest of the half or whatever, or, or C, a considerable amount of snaps taken away because of that. It, Nick, this is yeah, a Belichick Nick is, role. Nick is tremendously loyal. Almost yeah. to a fault. Um, I will say yeah. it if you don't want to say it, John. To a fault. Nick yeah. Sirianni can be about. It's not only players. Kenny. We we saw and and you know we've seen it with Quez Watkins. We've seen it with Derek Barnett. Now we see it with Alameda Zacchaeus. Um, when he's saying when Julio Jones comes in and he said unprompted, uh, Alameda Zacchaeus is always going to have a spot on a Nick Sirianni offense. Well, why? <laughs> I mean, if you you find better players, why? Yeah, he's – it hasn't been a problem to this point, but you could see where it could be a problem down the road um, or not. Am I overstating it? Well, I think he's loyal because, you know, he had – excuse me, we we hear him talk about so much about these roles and everything. If they're playing their role all right, that's fine. Like Zach Paschal. Nick loved Zach Paschal going back to the Colts. And in the year, he was here in four-on-four, so he did it well. Is when you start to not do your role and you're not producing on the field and not doing anything, that's why I think you need to reevaluate the stuff. And, and I know he's, I know we talk about how, or he says that, hey, these guys can be called upon at some point and you need them to lay on the line. So you don't want to crush your confidence and everything else. But sometimes you just that. need, I get that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. sometimes you just need to take them off the field and let them look and reassess things and bring them back in later and so they can have their moment later on. Like, yeah, there's a case. Zacchaeus one, I have no issue because you can see he does other things. He he is Zacchaeus is Pat this year's Pascal for sure. Quiet stuff and everything else. Um, yeah, uh, John, John always likes to point out the role player, and I understood what Zach Pascal role was. He was a blocking wide receiver, and he was really good at it. In that role, he was a very good player. It was a limited role, but he was very good. What role does? Alamade actually fill for the Eagles? What's the aspect of his game that elevates him to the, yeah, he might not be great across the board, but in the role he plays, he's great. What's Alamade's superpower that I'm missing out on? I'll let Chris answer that one because I have to I think he's more of the fourth option. And if all else fails when nothing's downfield and he's running a route, that's him. That's like, hey, okay, where's the first down marker? Find it, sit around. If AJ's not there, Devontae's not there, that there, he's available. But 
I heard she's like, all right, Red Flag, scramble that one, too. I'm a bad I might do that for Halloween next year. Here's the next one I got for you, Chris Franklin. And again, I'm going to sound like a worrywart. The Philadelphia Eagles are minus three in giveaway takeaway this season. And the game that they lost, they were minus three for the game against the Jets, right? Wasn't it like 4-1 on the turnover battle? The, The only game that they've lost, they turned it over a bunch against the Jets. They've been able to overcome that and not have it affect their one-loss record. Dallas Cowboys, I believe, are second in the league at plus eight. Somewhere there about, I just had it up here. Uh, Excuse me, uh, number four. They're plus six for the year. There's only three teams with better plus minus than them. Is that a big factor in this game this week? Could the Eagles lose this game because they lose the turnover battle? Yeah, if they lose, if they fumble, continue to fumble the ball in the red zone, this this game is going to be one of those where you're going to be. It, 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 you're going to have to match scores. I, I really think it's going to start going. You got to match scores. I don't think it's going to be shoot up. It's going to be one of those things where you you can't give, you can't have possessions in their territory that don't come away with points. Because if you do, you're going to find yourself that way. So you can't just continue to give away. And for a life for me, I don't know. I don't know what change year to year. We've seen the emphasis they place on that ball security. We've seen the drills and everything else they do that. For some reason, they're hanging it out like a loaf of bread. They're punching it out and. It's like, it's like they also regressed in that term, in that part of their game, and they can't against teams like the Cowboys in this next stretch. No matter what, in this next stretch of games, they cannot turn this ball over because that's going to cost them. Like they got away with it because of the opponents they played. It really is. That's that's what it came down to. A lot of their opponents they played, they got they were able to get away with that stuff. You can't do this against these teams. Some of them you may see in the Super Bowl on the AFC side, and some of these you might be fight probably fighting for an AFC Championship game. So. This yeah. is going to be hard. You can't. You know, it's funny. Hard, 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 hard away. we were sitting uh, waiting for the coordinators yesterday in the auditorium, Chris. And uh, I don't know if you heard, but Merrill, Merrill Reese uh, asked me if that was new. And he was pointing at the uh, the ball security takeaway, the big banner. At oh, the eagle call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it's not new. They put it up there this year. But I, I think it was funny. Merrill brought it up. And I was like, you know, they first put it up last year when they were ridiculous. The first, where were they, plus 11? And they yeah. put this thing up. It was on the sides. And then they combined it into one. And ever since they put that damn thing up, it hasn't worked. Superstition, Chris, just rip that thing down. Right? It's so much ingrained in their mind. They're starting to worry about making sure they're eagle calling. Yeah, it's going when they go to cafeteria. When you go to cafeteria, eagle call your uh, your tray. If not, somebody's going to come by and swat it out there and eat that. But <laughs> <laughs> but you can't. Yeah, it is. Now nah, I maybe it's, per, it's personnel. I think it's personnel based on that one too. I mean, yeah, the fact that it's in every meeting, every time they have a meeting in that room is top of mind. You still can't. You still fumbling the ball. It's like, what's going on there? I am uh, scared that CD Lamb could have this massive breakout game against Eagles this week because John has thoroughly convinced me they don't have a uh, slot corner unless uh, somehow Bradley Roby miraculously is not only on the field but. 100% healthy and great, I think C.D. Lamb's going to have a big number this week, and that's scary. But I also believe A.J. Brown's getting 125 again, don't you? He's going he's, he's, he's already got the record at six. Why not make it second, seven? Put distance between yourself and everybody else. 
There's nobody on the Cowboys that can cover A.J. Brown, is there? Nah, nah. First off, I'll go back to the original point. I probably have Slade. This is a week. I probably have Slade travel. I would do take him away and then force Gallup and beat you that way. You if he travels, no, and he goes slot, into the though. slot, then what yeah. do you do? Yeah. I, I I still put him in there. I trust him. I trust him to put put him in there and leave the space. Like, okay, you know what? And especially you want him to be the guy. You want him to be the guy in the secondary. You're going to shut down their best guy. That's this is one of those weeks where you say, you know what? I'm shutting you down. You got your best best on best. Try to beat me somewhere else. That's more when it comes to that. Right. But when it comes to Cowboys covering, yeah, they don't have anybody. They don't have anybody to do that. And it's going to be one of those things where uh, we talk about Diggs, that's a big injury. Uh, yep. you know, he's not there. Deron Bland's playing really well though. Um, yeah. Stephon Gilmore can still play. And then uh, I guess uh, Jordan Lewis uh, would be the third corner. But if they had Trayvon Diggs, then I'd be like, this, this might be the best Good group of back. cornerbacks in the NFL, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's not there. AJ, you know, Michael Irvin brought up a good point. I rarely say that, but he said this is the game of 11s. Either Micah Parsons is going to wreck the game or A.J. Brown's going to wreck the game. Uh, <laughs> and if Micah doesn't get home, A.J.'s going to wreck the game. Is it that simple, Chris Franklin? I don't think so, but if you give me the choice of 11s given the history of this rivalry, yeah, I'll take that every day because we saw what Michael Parsons has done against the Eagles. Yeah, Lane, baby. Every month. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the Lane only thing Johnson. That think, it's a Lane, Lane Johnson week because yeah, Micah he, is unblockable against everybody else. Yeah, and, and, you gotta, and the only thing that worries me about that is a lot of times that matchup last year, the first one, they played Micah, they had Micah play in space with the zone read, but you know, Jalen Hurts' leg is not 100% yeah. and then running that, so he may have to tweak that a little bit, and if he does that, I think that's the only way you really come back at it. But, yeah, I'll take I'll take the Eagles 11 over the, that 11. All right, I'm going to give you another prediction here, Chris, and I won't make you pick the game because it's only Wednesday, and that's not fair. At least I don't think so. Ask somebody to make a pick on Wednesday before we get our first injury estimated injury report or anything else. So yeah, here's the big estimation today. Estimation. Yeah. Walters. Walters yeah. on, on Cal on Dallas week. That's good. Um, <laughs> here's the estimation I need from you. Cause since John went to Michael Parsons, I'm going there too. He sat on his podcast this week. Everybody's got a podcast. Yes, he does. <laughs> Cow- Cowboy nation. We need you at Lincoln financial field. Uh, we know they're a pretty good traveling fan base. They've got fans all over the country, blah, 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 blah. Um, not as good as the Philadelphia Eagle fan base. But how? what do you think the percentage is of Cowboy fans at Lincoln Financial Field? Because Michael Parsons threw down a gauntlet and said, we can get enough Cowboy fans into Philadelphia uh, behind enemy lines. Come on, Cowboy Nation, show up loud and proud in Philadelphia how many Cowboy fans are actually going to get into the building on Sunday? We I ask John this every week when it's a road game. What was the percentage of Eagles fans? Because it's amazing what the Eagle fans do on the road uh, between Eagle fan and home fan. What's going to be the percentage of Cowboy fans on Sunday, Chris Franklin? You know, last year at home game, I remember seeing a, a, a couple smatterings of blue around there. I still think, if anything, it's going to be like 10 to 15%, if that, if that. Because yeah, the Eagles, Cowboys, no Eagles fan. Every Eagles fan. This is one game they you sell. People try to sell tickets like, oh, let me get a ticket for that. No, I'm not selling this game. I want to go to that one. 
So yeah, it's they're not that whole takeover thing. Nah, yeah, takeover Lincoln Financial Field, yeah. but uh, I think it only takeover at the opposition fans allow you. But how I described it is to Jody is there will be more Cowboy fans than any other visiting team this year, um, which won't be a lot, but there will be there will be a smattering uh, of Cowboy fans, and uh, they're uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, they have a big following. There's no, there's no use denying it. Um, but I'll end it here with you at C Franklin News. Make sure uh, you follow Chris on Twitter or X or whatever you like to call it these days. NJ.com. Read them all over the place. Does a tremendous job. Um, we'll go back to the trade deadline because um, that's the the big story uh, of the week. And the Eagles also got rid of uh, Contavia Street. We talk about that. Now, not a big deal. Um, but they have tremendous depth on the defensive front. Moving forward, do you think they want to get Moro Ajomo more reps? They definitely want to get Nolan Smith more reps. How, how do you feel about that? Is that, you know, this is a Super Bowl team versus developments. Do you put development off to the side? There's no harm in redshirting people. They're redshirting Ringo, except for special teams. What's the big deal? I I think they may give him a, the couple of snaps, like the Marlon snaps, but I I still think it's more of a hey, you know what? It gives you more opportunity to use Jalen Carter and stuff like that because I or more Jalen Carter, Mill Williams because was he had like twenty with uh, continuous had like twenty two snaps, something like something like well, that. He played he played a lot. He had twenty two against yeah. uh, Washington. He had twenty three yeah. against the Jets uh, because of injuries. I mean, Jalen was hurt, and then it was Jalen and Jordan. So he played when guys were hurt. Yeah. Uh, would the same thing hold true with, with Morrow if somebody's banged up? But Fletcher's banged. That was the Fletcher game, I guess, the Jets game where Fletcher yeah. missed. Um, if somebody's banged up, would they just up those Milton snaps, up those Carter snaps, up those Davis snaps, or 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 is he taking that Contavious role? I, I, I think they get just get increase the snaps a little bit because I think they got a good thing going right now when it comes to that that rotation. And you still have Marlon in the background in case you really need him. And because that Marlon, I think he he did a decent job for most of training camp. But I look at what you have right now and what you got going with that line. I think they're just humming right now. I think you still stick with those guys. And I, I, I I've been wanting to see Jalen Carter get more snaps because I think he can be more of an impact. I know they want to keep everybody fresh, but I think he's that impactful yeah, he's that good. he can disrupt him. So I want to give him more playing time, right. <laughs> more snaps. Challenge covers good. Breaking news. <laughs> By the way, I just, just got a text, uh, and it's completely acceptable because it's not halftime of the game. It was Mauro Jomo said, tell Franklin I'm playing this week. Uh, forget <laughs> Mauro texted me and said, you're just woefully wrong. All right. You know what? I'm disagreeing with John, too. What else is new? There will be another game where there'll be more fans in the stands. That'll be week 17. When Marcus Mariota is scheduled to start for the Eagles against the Arizona Cardinals, because the Eagles have already locked up everything in the NFC. Oh, no, wait. That's chance to boo Jonathan Gannon. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe <laughs> no, I, well, I said more opposition way. fans. That's what right. I mean. I'm saying more Cardinal fans because uh, they want to. Eagles uh, will be they love John. They love because they don't want to see Mar Marcus Mariota play quarterback. They love. They love JG out there. 
Uh, they think he's doing a good job. Um, you know, that's a very bad team and they're competing. Um, <laughs> and that's all he can ask for. The big Josh Dobbs trade too. That's a blockbuster, huh? Yeah. I think the only way I think that really does that is you hope that he's good enough that when the Vikings play him, to, like almost a similar situation where the Giants play him, that he knocks off the Lions one of those two. Because I think I think it goes to Week 18. I think everything's decided then because the line between the Lions and the Eagles and maybe the 49ers. Yeah, maybe the. Lions yeah, I'm concerned about the Lions, Chris, because uh, they get to play the Vikings twice with Jaron Hall or Josh Dobbs or Nick Mullins or Chris Franklin. Um, yeah, but yeah, but when Montez Sweat drives Jared Goff into the ground for those Chicago Bears, yeah, that's true. That's be true. careful. I'm gonna <laughs> say they beat Tyson Badgett. What's his name? I always get it wrong. Tyson Badgett, you're correct. Tyson Badgett, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say they beat him. There's a good chance there. Josh, uh, Justin Fields is back this week, so. And by the way, check Justin's number. He hadn't been that bad. I know they haven't won any damn games, but Justin. No, he's been better. He's been much. He's been much better this year. He's been much better because they actually went out and got him a wide receiver who can play. Uh, Try and do more of that in Chicago. All right, uh, Franklin, we're running late. Thank you very much for jumping in. You know we love you. Read him at uh, nj.com. Does an outstanding job for that publication following the birds day in the day out. Chris Franklin here with us on Birds 365. All right, cranky timeout. Come back. Got to put a bow on the show. Stay right there. own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428-267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program assures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. 
Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. G-L-E-S Eagles Running late today Both of our guests were very good We ran late with them, pal guys uh, And we got to get out of the way before Bill Colorula comes along with the Philly Sports Power Hour uh, So I need one more prediction out of you, McMullen I made everybody else make prediction I need one out of you Pretty damn simplistic Yay or nay, Cam Jurgens practice Or walkthrough window opens up today they open up his uh, I, i'm gonna go yay i'm gonna go yay cam jurgens they might and if he is back. he's playing sunday right i i would think so i've seen him in the locker room past two weeks he seems ready to go i think he's gonna start sunday they're not gonna admit it obviously right but, uh, yeah play. i would i would be shocked if they might not start it today because it's a walkthrough but i think they will um they might kick it back a day um EJ so Jenkins been out for four weeks and well, wait all the way till Thursday to open nah, up his nah. practice window. No, but they'll yeah, they'll open it today. I'm just saying there's a slight chance because it's a walkthrough, but they'll want him involved in the walkthrough. They should as well. And um, I think it's cut and dry. If he practices, he plays Sunday. If he doesn't, you're saying you think there's a chance that they could activate it Thursday? I don't buy that. I believe today's the decision day. Uh, EJ Jenkins, former Jets tight end to the practice squad. There's your big splashy move. Uh, they uh, need another move. tight end? Uh, yeah, practice squad. Eh, churn. Practice squad churn. So Eagles fans can get excited about that. And, uh, yeah. Uh, well, all right. Move. Now you, you forced me to make one more question. Over under catches this year for uh, – the tight end that they picked up from the Broncos. I can't even think of his damn name. Albert O. Albert O. Uh, half. One half. Over I'm going to go over. Grant going to get a catch on that, that week 19 game that the yeah. Eagles will be able to take off. It's going to be a big Albert O Remember, game. Remember, Grant Calcaterra is in the concussion protocol, and he's got a history, a troubling history of concussions. Actually retired okay, that, from college You're right. Thank for you for bit. reminding me. That makes sense. Um, That's why they added so, he might get yeah. some time. Somebody's going to get banged up at some point. He'll he'll catch a pass. I'm going. Yeah, you, you made that one easy for me. Now, if you okay. want to three, I might have a different. You have to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll have more tough questions for McMullen tomorrow if he comes back. You coming back tomorrow? Uh yeah, planning on it. All you right. know, walk through. You hear. never know something tweaked in the walk through. You never Let's know what the walk through delivers. Can't believe they're walking through on Dallas week, but anyway. Uh, he'll be back. I'll be back. That means Mac and Mac Birds 365 returns in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, 
We're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.